Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are mixed this morning following an overnight sell-off on Wall Street. Tokyo and Sydney are trending lower, though not by much. Seoul is in positive territory, up about 0.2%. U.S. investors sold off overnight amid concerns that a stimulus deal is unlikely before the elections. The Nasdaq and S&P 500 both fell by more than 1.6%. The Dow dropped 1.4%. Joining me now to discuss the market action is Ryan Huang. Tuesday, Ryan, how are you feeling? <laughs> Doing well so far. It is quite a busy Tuesday, I have to say. Yeah, I second you on that. Now, when you look at the components of a stock market index, it can tell you a lot about the market. For example, take the STI, which has become increasingly associated with REITs, whose yields have captivated the interests of investors. And just yesterday, Keppel DC REIT joined the Straits Times Index. We'll take a closer look at that in a mm. moment. But for the first time in several years, we have a company that could change the narrative, a major listing on the main board of a firm that's not a REIT. Tell us about nanofilm technology. That is right, Michelle. So this is creating quite a bit of a buzz and excitement in the local market community because on Friday, it launched its IPO prospectus. And just for a bit of background, Nanofilms specializes in advanced materials and nanoproducts. So they use their products to coat materials for products, including smartphones and TVs. So in a way, it is refreshing because for a long time, we keep hearing about REITs being listed in Singapore, but now you have a major listing on the main board that could raise up to $510 million. And this, like you mentioned, will be one of the biggest non-REIT listings in years. And if you take um, take the time to look back in some of the previous listings, the the last non-REIT listing on the main board was Kofu in 2018 and Propnex. And both of them raised to raise a combined $100 million. And this time, this year, you have the likes of Nanofilms potentially raising $510 million. And just for a bit more background, last year, we did not get any non-read mainboard listings. So first non-mainboard listing in a long time, and that is getting a bit of experience creating quite a bit of excitement because this could pave the way for more to come. Yeah, more tech unicorns as well, right? That's right. Let's stick with the theme for a moment of what an index's component can really tell you about a market. So the FTSE Bursa Malaysia is looking at a major change as well. There are reports that glove makers are in. Gambling? Seems to be out. Two more glove makers are set to join the 30-stock FTSE Bursa Malaysia KLCI index this year, Supermax and Kosan Rubber Industries. Now, they join big arrivals, Top Glove and Hartalega Holdings. So, Ryan, whose places are they likely to take and what do you think of the change? Yeah, Michelle, very good point, right? How these stocks reflect the country's uh, market fortunes. In Singapore, we've got REITs really making so much of the um, STI and now in in Malaysia, the KLCI could make some changes when the review is done in December. And the Top Glove makers, besides Top Glove and Hatilaga, you've got now Supermax and Kosan Rubber Industries. They could be joining those two glove makers on the KLCI index. And the two names going out could be Gunting, the casino giant, and its unit Gunting Malaysia. So quite reflective of how the economy has been changing and how the market cap for glove makers have been shooting up so much. Supermax this year has risen more than 1,400 times. 
And if you look at Kosan Rubber Industries, its stock price has more than tripled. So this could really be interesting for these um, glove makers when, if they do, join the KLCI. Mm, I want to segue to digital currencies. Now, we've talked a lot on this show about how China is experimenting with one and there are questions about U.S. plans to do the same. U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, though, is offering a word of caution in this regard. He says it's more important to get it right than be the first. Can you walk us through the context and Powell's thinking? Yeah, so in the backdrop, you've got many countries racing to be the first of sorts to have a digital currency. So Jerome Powell was giving his thoughts on the, a panel around digital payments hosted by the IMF. So he gave his view that you know, it's important to take into consideration all the risk factors first before plunging head first and trying to be first. And what's on the top of his mind are things like cyber attacks, counterfeiting and fraud, the question of how this could affect monetary policy and financial stability, and how across border digital currency could prevent um, illicit activity while also while also preserving user privacy and security. So he's got to balance all these things to make sure that they have all the answers, all the management um, measures in place to make sure they are ready for a digital currency before they push for one. So it's still in the hypothetical realm for now in the US, right? So for now, they are thinking about it very seriously, but... It is all academic for now. They have to really uh, run through the theories Mm. to make sure it's worth the risk. All right. Time now for a Market View game show. It's called Up or Down. I name an asset or item in the news. Ryan tells us whether it's moving up or down. The sharks in their tank stand (laughs) waiting. All right. Demand for the Hong Kong dollar. All right. Hong Kong dollar is up. And that's because there is going to be a huge pipeline for IPOs. And this in the form of the N Group IPO. And in fact, uh, last yesterday, it got a green light from the Hong Kong regulators for a dual listing. So a lot of interest in the N Group IPO and you need the Hong Kong dollars to buy the IPO. So uh, that is really fueling the demand for the Hong Kong dollar. In fact, I think it is the highest levels since the, the global a financial decade. crisis in yeah. a decade. Mm. Shophouse sales in Singapore. Okay, so this is interesting because for a long time, property... Oh, well, for some time in the post-CB period, property has been on the up except for the shop house market. But now they have finally seemed to turn the corner because uh, if you look at the latest third quarter numbers, uh, we are looking at deals. Uh, they are now worth $173 million. That's up from $117 million. And that is uh, compared to Q1's $152 million. So you are seeing maybe a bit of interest picking up again in the shop house space because people have more time to view the properties. And that is one of the, uh, I guess, different things about buying a shop house. You need to be there and you need to take time to look at the orientation, the neighbors, and assess many more things before you commit to a uh, viewing. So these things can't be done virtually. And I think that's one of the reasons why this market was lagging behind the residential and other property markets. Yeah. So now finally getting a bit of revival. Yeah, after a slow first half, the Singapore shop house markets looks like it's starting to stir. This in the third quarter on the back of pent-up demand. Next up, Maple Tree Logistics Trust Properties. Okay, so that is up because Maple Tree Logistics Trust is on a buying spree. It is trying to buy a few properties across China, Malaysia and Vietnam, all to the tune of over $1 billion. Yeah. Next up, the speed of the world's 
fastest car. Okay, that is going up. And we are talking about this car from SSC. It's called Tuatara. And Tuatara is the name of a lizard oh, native spider. to New Zealand. <laughs> so <laughs> that is setting a new record. It's now the world's fastest car. It managed to clock a speed of 316 miles per hour. That is around 508 kilometers per hour. And just for context, the previous record was around 304 miles per hour. So this is you know, creating quite a bit of buzz because no one has really heard about SSC. Mm. So it is going to potentially, potentially open the doors for it to you know, make more deals and maybe even advance its technologies on the speed cars or hypercar segment. Yeah, really obscure brand, that one. Uh, if you are looking at an exact replica, it's going to set you back 1.9 million US dollars. In local market news, now we mentioned at the top of the program that Keppel DC rejoined the STI Yesterday, it took the place of Capital and Commercial Trust, which is undergoing a merger with Capital and Mall Trust. So how did Keppel DC reach shares fare on the first day of trading on the STI and how are they doing this morning? That's right. So Monday was his debut and it was flat <laughs> at $3.04. But it's worth noting that since it's the announcement on Thursday, we have been seeing it go up. So on Thursday, it was up 1.4%. On Friday, it was up 1.7%. Mm. And taking a quick look at what we are seeing for uh, Capital DC REIT this morning. I'll just bring out the stock price in just a moment. Uh, this is going to be one to watch because REITs are now the flavor for the season because of the demand for technology and all the server space and server needs that are required. So far, Capital DC REIT giving back some of those gains is mm. picked up. Is now down by 0.3% at $3.03. So down one cent. And looking at the STI, the broader market is down as well, so pretty much in line with the broader market, and it's down by 0.6% at 2,533. So that is the shape of the STI, pretty much uh, tracking the weak session we had overnight on Wall Street where we had the worries over a stimulus deal being reached by the Tuesday deadline. All right, brilliant showing. Perfect as always. Somebody hand Ryan his lobster roll. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.